And a play fake. Young goes deep middle. He's got Jerry Rice. Touchdown, 49ers. Welcome to the 49ers Family Podcast, podcast with three generations of 49ers fans here to talk about 49er football. Excited to be here with my co-host today. First up, Grandpa Mike. Mike, how's it going? It's going good, and I'm glad to be here, and this is going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, so just a little background on me. I, I'm the grandpa of the group. I'm 80 years old. I've been a 49er fan my whole life. I went to my first 49er game when I was seven. Um, so that's 73 years ago. And um, I have lived and died with them since. And um, it's exciting. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, as we go through this year, um, one of the things that we want to highlight on this podcast is, is, is Mike's stories. As Mike said, you know, seven years old, going to Kizar Stadium. We'll talk about that memory a little bit later and, and uh, how funny that was. Um, but we want to highlight some of those stories and, and, and also our own personal stories and interactions with uh, 49ers games and memories and players. Uh, it's going to be a great old time. Our other co-host is, is my dad, um, Jared. Jared, how's it going? It's going awesome. I'm happy to be here. I'm just a... Uh... Uh, born into the 49er family. I uh, married Mike's daughter, Joanne, in 1988, the year the Niners beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. And uh, I've been a 49er fan since. And uh, uh, you're my, my favorite son, my one and only, and uh, diehard 49er fan who, who knows it inside and out better than me. And so I'm going to kind of watch uh, or sit back and kind of ride shotgun with you guys as Josh and and uh, Grandpa Mike uh, kind of lead the way with their stats and their knowledge of uh, information about football. But I'm here to um, kind of cheer on the Niners and kind of give the fan perspective. And I am very excited for the year. And Trey Lance, I'm from North Dakota. And Trey Lance being from North Dakota is uh, I'm excited about him. He's my homeboy and I'm pulling for him. So um, let's go Niners. Oh, yeah. Let's go Niners. Well, great. Well, today we have a full podcast for you. Um, we have a great agenda. Really, we want to spend the, the podcast today talking about the offseason, all the offseason happenings, including, you know, which players we lost, which players we added, uh, how the draft went and some kind of potential there. Of course, we have to recap the Debo drama, um, everything that's happened with Jimmy. Um, if you're listening to this, this is Thursday, September 1st. So you know that um, Jimmy just... I guess re, um, resigned. resigned, resigned, I guess with, with the, with the Niners or uh, restructured his deal essentially. So very, uh, you know, it's, it's been a crazy off season as a 49er fan in the headlines a lot within the national media. We'll also recap the preseason, how those three games went and seeing Trey Lance a little bit, you know, in the first half of game one and game three. And then lastly, with all the roster moves uh, being made and the, the nailing down of the 53-man roster, as well as the, the practice squad, what does that look? How are we looking? Um, and end it, end it once again with a highlight of, of Grandpa's first time at Kizar Stadium. So got a full podcast for you. It's going to be a blast. Uh, so here we go. 
Okay. So let's let's talk a little bit about the players that we lost. So obviously last year, more successful than I think any Niner fan um, expected, not hoped, but expected getting to the NFC championship, losing to the eventual um, Super Bowl champions, LA Rams. Wish we could have had that one. It, but, uh, what can you do? Um, but some of the players we lost, Grandpa, take us through some of the players that we lost. Okay, we've lost um, Lincoln Tomlinson was probably the biggest one, and he's been our starting left guard for the last four or five years. We got him from Minnesota um, off the junk heap, really, and he turned out to be a solid left guard. And then we lost DJ Jones. He signed with Denver, um, and he was a great run stopper. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jason Kinlaw is going to take his place. And then we lost Arden Key and Kwan Williams and Compton and uh, Mozart and others. But every year there is turnover. Yep. And yeah, it's just part of the game. Um, it's, you know, players can leave for more money or whatever. And, and so <clears throat> we've replaced a lot of those guys, but um, we, we lost about 15 guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as losing players, though, I don't. Lake and Thompson, I I would agree, is probably the biggest loss, especially as we get into talking about some of the position groups. O line being one of those that is of somewhat of concern. Um, the other ones, you know, I think we let them walk a little bit. You know, obviously we can try to match some of the deals that these guys got with the Broncos. Arden Key got paid with the Jaguars, um, but for the most part. We were deep at those positions. Elijah Mitchell having a breakout year last year made uh, Raheem Mostert leaving to the Dolphins okay. I don't think anybody is, uh, you know, was was you know broken hearted on, <laughs> uh, heartbroken over Raheem Mostert leaving. Um, but you know, I think that's a testament to this team, to the roster makeup, uh, the team that you know John Lynch has put together, is that. With, with a turnover that inevitably happens, uh, you know, we are in a position to succeed. And that was part of drafting Aaron Banks back in 2021 to uh, they, they recognized that that interior offensive line was going to be a need that like in Thompson was most likely going to get paid. They didn't know what was going to happen to Alex Mack. Yeah. So all things considered in a pretty good spot. I think um, if we take just a step further back, um, so Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are beginning their sixth season. So in the first five years, their record has been 39 and 43. Mm -hmm. When you look at the record, it's not good. Okay. But you have to consider what they were handed when they took over and they right. took over a two and 14 team coached by Chip Kelly and um, of the 53 man roster in 2016, there's two people left, two players left, Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead. Wow. So Shanahan and Lynch have totally turned over the roster. And today it's one of the best rosters in the league. For sure. For sure. For sure. Cool. Well, let's talk about some of the players that we added. Um, okay. Cornelius Ward is a shutdown corner that we signed for a lot of money, 13.5 million from Kansas City. And to me, this was the most needed um, area. Just, you know, the last couple of years, teams could pass on us. And 
Um, so now we have a shutdown corner and it really makes everybody else better. Um, so that was to me the biggest signing. And then we signed Oren Burks from the Packers for two and a half million. Um, he will probably primarily be a special teams player, but um, and a backup linebacker. And then Ray Ray McLeod, the kick returner and wide receiver that played for the Steelers. Um, he signed for two million. Those are the the main guys. <clears throat> um, the Niners were strapped, and we'll talk about Jimmy in a minute, but um, because of Jimmy's contract, we didn't have a lot of cap money to, to, to spend. So, um, you know, we went through this months and months and months of where his, his contract was really in the books. Um, so now he's taken a $17 million pay cut and we have a little breathing room, but we, we really just added a few players and then the draft, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, we really beefed up. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, some of those other, I'd say, notable players that we added. We got Kerry Hyder back from the Seahawks. Obviously, he he did well with the Niners, got paid, got a good deal with the Seahawks. They ended up cutting him at the end of the year. And now he's back with Chris Baseric. Um, yeah. He loves being a Niner. I'm, I'm excited to have him back. Other other folks, um, George Odom, the safety from the Colts, also most likely going to be a special teamer. Um, Tyler Croft uh, is another kind of tight end depth depth guy. And then Malik Turner was turning some heads this uh, um, this preseason wide receiver, formerly from the Cowboys, ended up on the practice squad. But overall, not too many players added, but I would agree that Trivarius Ward, uh, huge get, uh, obviously the biggest money get. But having that lockdown corner, um, Jared, dad, watching the Niners last year, if you're anything like me, it was painful sometimes to see us then go after our corners because it was uh, it was a glaring weakness. So what do you think about them adding Charvarius Ward? I'm excited about Charvarius Ward. I mean, I didn't really pay attention to the other to the other acquisitions, but Charvarius Ward in the in the secondary, I think uh, it's going to be a game changer, strengthen our you know our protection against the pass and. Uh, yeah, he's a great tackler. He's got a lot of speed. He's very agile out there. So he was, I think he was the biggest pickup this offseason for sure. For sure. I, you know, it's something that gets talked about lately um, with Trivarius Ward. And, and part of the reason, reason we got picked apart in the secondary was it was so young. Yeah, you know, um, Ambry Thomas and other uh, corners that were just young and you go through those growing pains and now all those guys are back. Uh, well, most of them are back. Um, and, and we're going to talk about in a minute, another addition through the draft that the Niners are really excited about, but that with Trivarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley back and Jimmy Ward back and um, Jason Verrett is starting out on the IR, but he should be back it, it, silently, you know, stealthily that unit has gotten significantly stronger year over year. Um, and I'm excited to see the progress that they make. Yeah. And um, as the front seven is one of the best front sevens in football. Yes. Um, so they, you know, they'll make um, the, the, our pass defense even better with, with the pass rush. We, um, we, we have a great front seven. And if, if, 
these guys can shut down the pass. We have one of the top defenses in the league. So it's really exciting. Um, it's very exciting. It's going to be a good, good year. It is. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the draft a little bit. And I teased it um, that, you know, we added some key players. And I think the Niners so far, obviously, we haven't played a, re- a regular season game yet. But from what I've heard coming out of training camp and even seen in some of the preseason games, I'm excited about this group. I think this group has a lot of potential. And it's it's funny because if you had asked me that before the draft, I was a little hesitant and nervous because we didn't have a pick until pick um, the, the 29th pick of the second round. Number 61, um, yeah. But but let's talk about who we picked. So um, round the first pick, I guess our first, the first pick, obviously round two, pick 29 of that second round um, was Drake Jackson, edge rusher out of USC. Tell us about him, Grandpa. Um, so I got to watch him living in Southern California. Um, so I, I watched a lot of USC games and he, um, I, I'm hopeful that we can, when we had D Ford, and Bosa in 19, I mean, it was devastating. Yep. And we haven't really had that second rusher. In fact, Bosa has been double teamed more than any player in the league since then. So I think Drake Jackson, who's going to start the season out really as a backup, he'll play a lot. Um, he's going to um, provide a pass rush to that could be similar to D Ford. Um, and, you know, the quarterback has 2.5 seconds to throw the ball and hopefully he'll throw it to um, one of our guys. <clears throat> so I, I, I really, I, I, I was surprised Drake Jackson didn't go in the first round. Right. But um, we, we have him. And um, seven of our nine draft picks have made the 53-man squad. So that's, that's a good draft. It is. And, and some of them will, will get a lot of playing time, not all of them, but Jackson will get a lot of playing time. Danny Gray will get a lot of playing time. And he just, he's a burner that um, is going to light it up and late, you know, stretch the field. And then Spencer Burford, the fourth round pick will start um, at, at right guard. So, um, and then Samuel Womack, the little five, nine cornerback from Toledo um, who's just a windmill out there when the ball arrives to the receiver. He just, you know, he's, he's a quick little guy. So, um, so yeah, it's, I think those four guys are going to really see immediate playing time. And then as the season goes on, others will. Yep. Yeah. Some of the other picks, um, Tyron Davis price out of LSU, a running back taken in the third round, uh, Nick Zakel another O-lineman from Fordham, mm-hmm. Kalia Davis, defensive tackle from UCF, taken in the sixth round, a couple, you know, sixth round pick with Nixico, Kalia Davis, Tariq Castro-Fields, ended up getting cut as a corner that was actually showing out. Um, and I believe he got picked up already. I can't remember who he picked did. him up. Washington. Washington picked him up, who he had ties with. Um, so no surprise there. And yeah. then Brock, Brock Purdy, we've talked about Brock Purdy I think all of us. Um, let's talk about him. The, the the last pick of the draft. What do they call him again? Mr. Irrelevant. Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. Um, um, he, I, I love that. I think that's so funny. He's he was the 262nd player picked 
the best player picked in the seventh round. He's a quarterback from Iowa State. I love him. He, he's got great footwork. Um, I was pulling for him to at least make the practice squad because we had given Sufield the $2 million guarantee. And then when Jimmy resigned, it shuffled the cards. So Sufield was released yep. and um, Purdy made the team. So um, I, our cornerback room is solid. I really like Purdy. I like him too. I think he's a great quarterback. I learned that he was the first team Big 12 quarterback last year and um, through started something crazy like 40 games. He started every year that he was there. Um, so pl- plenty of experience in a good conference, um, set all kinds of records for Iowa State. Um, I think he was a great pickup and a great add for, uh, for, the, for the QB room. Um, great kind of third string guy can grow into it. And I will say when I watched him in the games, I was impressed, like you said, with his footwork, with his decision making. Um, he's not the tallest guy back there, but he gets the ball out. And this is kind of crazy. He reminded me of Jimmy G a little bit. Quick release, sets his feet, boom. Um, uh, yeah. Excited to see what he does. There's a lot to like in Brock Purdy. And we'll talk about this in a minute when we get into Jimmy, but um, very likely what will happen over time is that I think Jimmy will get traded and Purdy will be number two. And that's why I think we're carrying three quarterbacks is for, you know, things that are probably going to happen down the road. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Jared, what are your thoughts on the draft? How do you think we did? Um, I like uh, Drake Jackson. Obviously, he was our highest draft pick. He's out of... He, uh, I think he went to high school in Corona, all right up the street. He did. Yeah, yeah. And I love his frame. He's about 6'3", 250. Um, I guess he's a little loose limb, they call him. Uh, he's a little rough, but he's got a, lo- a big frame to put a lot of mass on. And the Niners always pick good edge rushers. Um, they see his potential. Um, he's got, you know, great leadership to follow on the team. So he's going to be an exciting young guy to uh, – um to have on the team i think he's going to contribute and brock purdy too i liked what i saw in the preseason he looked like uh he was just good with his feet uh, made quick decisions um uh, i think he's had a lot of good experience iowa state is no slouch um and two uh, let's see uh the 40 uh let's see actually pick 41 but it was round seven the 262nd pick, uh, that's only 73 picks uh, past Tom Brady, and he was 199th <laughs> pick. So uh, Brock Purdy could be that Mr. Irrelevant that uh, um, really produces for the league potentially, but it, he will eventually be our number two. I'm pretty yeah. certain about that. And I love, I, I love that Tom Brady posts that every single draft day, his, his draft card, and, and he says, you know, work hard. Where you get where you get picked has nothing to deal with where you end up, um, and I I love that because I mean, yeah, wow, yeah. Uh, no, I think overall great draft. Excited to see them contribute. Like uh, Mike said, uh, set of the nine making the roster is huge, and boy, Drake Jackson, his ceiling is is crazy high. Nick Bosa, it was raving about Drake Jackson, and like you said, his flexibility, his nimble, he could bend, he bends around these yeah. tackles um and and what nick said is does things that he can't even do so 
putting Drake Jackson under the wing of Nick Bosa is only going to I mean that guy uh, is going to skyrocket excited to see what he can do. Oh. All right. So let's get into some of the Debo drama. What an off season. And I, I think drama is the right word because man, the whole thing that the whole way it went down was just dramatic. And in the 2022 term dramatic being I'm going to scrub my social media and everything 49ers um, and then demand a trade. The whole thing seems so, so strange. Um, let's talk about it a little bit. Grandpa, what were some of your reactions when, when he requested that trade? Well, I was shocked because not that I know Debo, but I do follow him on social media and he, he comes across and this is his personality. He's a very happy, easy go lucky guy. He's singing songs in his car. He's just a happy guy. And, but when you dig into what happened with Debo, I, I believe it was the agent, this guy, Tori Dandy mm -hmm. also represents AJ Brown and DK Metcalf yep. as, well as Debo. And all three of them went to their teams and demanded a trade before the draft. Now, is that a coincidence? I don't think so. Well, and if I remember correctly, I think they all scrubbed their social media too. Like yeah, they all right. had the same game plan. It was so weird. Exactly. So, um, and then Tennessee traded AJ Brown to Philly, yep. you know, so they, and, and then there was other movement in the wide receiver group last year or you know a few months ago with um uh what's his name from green bay Devontae adams and then Tariq hill of kansas city he demanded 30 million and so they traded him to miami and Devontae adams got traded from green bay to the raiders green bay had just paid andre uh, aaron Rodgers 50 million right. and then you know you only have so much money to spend. So anyway, there was lots of movement in the wide receiver group, but I think that John Lynch played this as well as you can because um, he just, so, so Debo had his demands and it was pre-draft and then draft day came and I was worried that we would trade him. We didn't and I was glad because we have him under contract for this year and we could franchise him next year. Technically we, we could keep him two years without, I mean, you know, that's the right. way. And um, so <clears throat> as things settled, then, you know, they came to a three-year agreement and we still have Debo. And Debo, when he's asked by the media, why did you demand the trade? There's been no answer. No, he says it's just business. And the answer is my agent told me to, but he's not going to say that. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Jared, what do you, what does Debo bring to the table? Do you think that that, that, because it's still quite the deal that he got for a guy that really had his breakout year last year. He obviously proved his value in the running game and the passing game um, all over the field. He was the best player that the Niners had. Um, but with a new quarterback, do you think he's worth the new deal that he got? Uh, 
I think yes. I mean, he is, he's a threat. I mean, other teams are trying to create little Debo's now. Uh, there have seen little reports of that, um, but his diversity, um, he just, he just got to get the ball in his hands. He's one of those players, just get the ball in his hands and he makes something happen. Uh, people bounce off of him. He's built like a rock, um, but he's got great hands. Um, we just got to keep him uh, healthy. Uh, he's got a bruised knee, I guess. It looks like I uh, didn't practice today, um, but he's just resting a little bit. Hopefully we don't play for another, you know, another Sunday ahead. So, but I think he was worth it, you know, equals out to about 24 million a year over the next three years. And um uh, we just got to keep him happy and get him the ball. I think it's going to take pressure off of our quarterbacks. I mean, because yes, he can run the ball and he catches the ball often in the flats, you know, so we don't need the deep ball to get, get the ball in his hands. So um, little slants and, and flats um, and that's where he can shake and bake and, yep. and, and, and create some yards. So I think Debo is essential. I mean, the whole league knows who Debo is and they all want him. Um, I'm glad we got, we, we get to keep him, and uh, he's going to, he's going to contribute in a big way and take some pressure off Lance. And uh, so it's going to be good. I think one of the things that, that was most interesting and kind of the assumption that was made when he demanded a trade is that, Oh, he doesn't like running the ball. He doesn't want to be used like he was because he's not going to last as long in the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. He wants to be a wide receiver, get paid like a wide receiver, not treated like a running back. Um, all this comes full circle. He signs his deal. He gets out in front of the media, has his press conference, and they ask him point blank, like, was it how you're utilized? And he said, no, you know me. Like, I, I just want to do what's best for the team, and I'm willing to run. I'm willing to um, catch whatever you want me to do, um, which, uh, like, didn't really make any sense. But what came out afterward is that in his contract now, if he runs for 380 or more yards in a season, he gets a bonus. And if he doesn't make the 350 uh, or more yards, but he scores three rushing touchdowns, he gets uh, he gets a smaller bonus, but he still gets some. He has incentives built in that wow. kind of incentivize him to be a participant in in the rushing game, which uh, is for sure a benefit, huge benefit to Trey Lance, and I think a big reason why Patrick Mahomes was so successful in that second his second year or first year starting in Kansas city was that he had weapons around him. Yeah. Um, and there's it's no secret that the Niners have weapons around Trey Lance, not only Elijah Mitchell and the scheme that Kyle Shanahan brings, but having Debo and Brandon Ayuk, who's another solid up and coming wide receiver. Um, and of course our main man, George Kittle at tight end, uh, you know, it's it, Trey Lance is going to be successful if, he can get the ball in the playmaker's hands um, and do, do his job. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I think Jimmy lasted, lasted as long as he did on the Niners is because Shanahan, Shanahan has proven with Kirk Cousins and now Jimmy that it, it doesn't take a crazy good quarterback to work in his system. It takes a facilitator of the ball. I think what, what Kyle wanted out of Trey and the reason why they traded up and drafted him was the ability to be creative and out, get a little bit outside the pocket and have kind of that release valve of, okay, if nothing's there, I can create something with my legs, but still be a facilitator. I think that will still be what Trey Lance is, but I'm excited to see how Debo and Trey um, mesh and work together, grow together. It's going to be interesting. I think it'll be really exciting. And it is, it's kind of like uh, um, 
I don't know, just reminds me a little bit of the NBA style. They're just, they, NBA is about um, athletes, you know, that can play all positions, you know, it's almost like a Debo who can, you know, he can run the ball uh, from the backfield or he can catch the ball in the flats. He could go deep. You got uh, Trey who's just creates options with his legs and with his arm. Um, and you just got a bunch of athletes running around um, just doing unorthodox things and uh, moving the ball down the field ultimately and winning, winning football games. So it's, yep. I think it, I, I love it actually. I really do. Yeah. The Niners are loaded. Um, the question is going to be the middle of the offensive line. We're replacing three, the center and the two guards. And so depending on how that goes, um, we're loaded. Yeah, that's 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 true. That's huge. So let's talk about let's talk about protecting the quarterback. Let's talk about the quarterback. So, Jimmy, um, the writing was obviously on the wall. Um, the writing was obviously on the wall. The last, you know, those last games of the season, he was getting tons of questions about is this the last game with the Niners, etc. His very last press conference after we lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship, he. He essentially bid farewell. Um, it was it was well known that, that that was the last game that Jimmy was going to play with the 49ers. Um, he had his shoulder his shoulder issue. Uh, he had the option of rehabbing, um, and that could get him back to full health by the by the beginning of the season, or it could could get surgery. He decides obviously to get surgery. And that, I think, really threw the Niners for a loop. Um, they didn't really expect him to get surgery, and that obviously diminished his trade value. Um, not necessarily his trade value, but the timing. It's hard to trade for somebody that isn't available. Um, if you can't watch them throw, you, what, are you, what are you getting? Um, so that, that kind of put the, the Niners in an interesting um, situation. What were your thoughts, Mike? Well, the first thing I, that comes to mind with Jimmy is what a perfect gentleman he has been and yep. what a great teammate he is. Yep. Um, just put yourself in his shoes for a minute. And he played all last year knowing he was not going to be the 49er quarterback of the future, that he was just putting in some time. And then after the Ram game, the NFC championship game, he said goodbye to all his teammates. And then, you know, he gets shoulder surgery, there were 11 teams that changed quarterbacks from the end of last season to now. Jimmy certainly would have been one of those. He would have been in the, you know, top five. Um, but because of the, the shoulder surgery, teams backed off. He also had a very hefty contract. So, he, I mean, I was shocked too that he's come back, but um, to me, again, John Lynch did a great, did a great job. I mean, he even handed over um, to his, to Jimmy's agent. He said, you go shop him. Yep. And if you can find a team that's interested, great. We'll, we'll accommodate you. And so there's been lots of trust back and forth. And I just, Jimmy Garoppolo is a perfect gentleman and a great teammate. Um, I do think that what's going to happen now is somebody is going to get hurt in the first two, three weeks of the season. A quarterback's going to get hurt on a team that has a very good chance of winning. 
and Jimmy will be the number one guy that they come after to salvage their season. And I think a trade will be made. Once again, John Lynch, um, I just love the guy. He, he will get something for him. And then um, Brock Purdy will move up to number two. That's why we're carrying three quarterbacks is, is Purdy will probably be number two. So that's speculation on my part, but that's what I think uh, is going to happen. The other thing about Jimmy is, you know, we, have, we all have an ego and certainly an NFL quarterback would have a large ego. He took a $17 million pay cut to come back to a team that didn't want him. And, you know, he's just, I, I, he's one in a million. I just have great respect for Jimmy Garoppolo. I couldn't agree more. I think great, great points. Um, um, overall, I think that Jimmy is a great guy to bring back. Um, whether he ends up staying as the second string quarterback for the year or he gets traded, you mentioned week two or three, I think I, all the way up through the first half of the season, if uh, you know somebody goes down and that QB2 is not going to carry them to the playoffs, they're going to come knocking on the on the Niners door asking about Jimmy G. No, no doubt they would be idiots not to. Uh, so great, great play by John Lynch and great for the team. Great for Trey Lance. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about like, oh, the locker room. Oh, like, how is Trey going to feel looking over his shoulder? I, I really maybe I'm obviously an optimist. I'm biased because I'm a Niners fan, but. I think it's going to be a little like last year where it was Jimmy's team until he got hurt and then Trey came in. I think the opposite is going to be true this year, that it is Trey's team. We are committed to Trey. And then unless Trey is not available, Trey starts and Trey plays and he's going to make mistakes because he's a second year quarterback. He hasn't played um, a lot of football in the last two years. Uh, and, and Jimmy's going to be there in case. And if Trey goes down, Jimmy's going to, obviously we already have him under contract, so he can lead us to the Super Bowl if, if possible. Um, so I, I it, it went down weird. It was awkward with him, you know, practicing by himself behind the bleachers during training camp. Uh, but once again, he's a, he acted very professionally. I think the Niners handled it very professionally. We're honest and transparent throughout the whole entire process. Uh, so I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very happy with how it ended up and how uh, it's, you know, it, it played out. Uh, Jared, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think he's my thoughts on Jimmy G. I think the fact that we still have him on a roster is, is just a huge asset. I mean, anybody, I mean, if that's your number two guy right now, that's, I mean, any team would, would love to have Jimmy G at that. And I think, for what we paid for him, 6.3 or 5, 6.5, that's a steal. It's good use of our money. Um, it's just, it's insurance for a solid season, whether we have, you know, Trey can carry the team or if we need Jimmy G to pick up the slack if he gets hurt, Lance gets hurt. So I, I love him. Um, so I think class act, just like uh, Grandpa Mike said, for sure. Um, you know, his, let's see, his stats with the, uh, the Niners, he's 31 and 14. I mean, that's, those are nice stats. He took us to super, uh, the Super Bowl in 2019. Um, he's pushed us in the playoffs each year. I mean, he's just comes up a little short. Um, he's got a, just a little bit of limitations, but he knows the game. He was an understudy to Tom Brady. 
Um, he has two Super Bowl rings as the understudy to Tom Brady. So, I mean, he's a reputable quarterback. Um, and um, I think he'll be a great asset to Trey and to Brock Purdy, for that matter, just to uh, rub shoulders with him and, uh, um, yeah, just have, uh, you know, pick his brain. And uh, um, it's going to be a good thing. We're very fortunate to, to still have him with us right now. And, um we may get some for him in the future we'll see uh grandpa do you agree with me that you play trey until he's hurt or do you think it is more of a performance-based thing that he earns qb1 or if he if he's turning the ball over and not getting the ball to the playmakers like we already talked about that you got to put in jimmy g because you got to win you can't waste this year no the niners are committed to to trey lance and they, they moved up in the draft to get him. They spent a lot of capital. Um, they're committed. And, and part of that commitment is to play him. And if Kyle Shanahan says he's ready, last year he said he wasn't ready. He's now ready. Um, so um, they're committed. They're going to play Trey Lance unless he gets hurt. And it'll probably be you know up and down. And he's going to make some mistakes. It's not going to be perfect. I think the first play in the bear game is going to be a 50 yard bomb. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're just going to open it up. And um, so, yeah, they're committed. It's Trey Lance's team, period. I agree. I agree. I think the media is trying to make it up to be more than it actually is. Um, I think it's a depth play. I think it's a potential. The whole Jimmy G thing is a depth play. It's, it's, a, it's a potential trade. Um, but no, I'm excited. But let's talk about Trey a little bit. In, in reference to the uh, preseason, we in the new CBA now have three preseason games and a 17-week schedule, uh, which I'm excited about. And the players get another game check. Um, so good for them. Shorter preseason. Uh, it was crazy, though, playing three games in what? Wasn't it 13 days or something like that? Yeah um quite the gauntlet but started out with green bay and like you mentioned jordan love not for i think it was his technically technically the second second drive opened it up with that um pass to danny gray down the sideline uh beautiful beautiful play great catch stayed in bounds all the way is it was awesome it was good to see that little glimpse uh glimpse of what what could be what we've heard about the deep threat Danny, Danny Gray coming from the arm of Trey Lance yeah yeah get used to that we're gonna we're gonna see this and you know Jimmy can't you know he he, he had great difficulty throwing deep he has great difficulty throwing outside the numbers and if we know that every team knows that and they're playing up and uh, we still you know um, we're a great offensive team, but it's really going to open up now and it's going to take, we have to be patient with Trey, um, but he's going to, his ceiling is higher than any of the other quarterbacks that came out of, you know, the, the draft a year ago. So um, we're going to see that unfold and, um, you know, they, <clears throat> um, kind of compare him to um, the kid in Buffalo. Josh Allen. Yeah, that, that he's very much like Josh Allen. Well, that's that's a good guy to be like. Yeah. Yeah. 
for sure. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. A little nervous, but also exciting. Yeah. So Trey ended up um, played two uh, two drives, if I believe. He went four for five for 92 yards. Obviously, like 70 or 60 of those was on that one pass to Danny Gray uh, with a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Uh, Niners ended up taking that one 28 to 21. Uh, and I will say, once again, Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy also played pretty well behind Trey Lance in that game. Uh, made some great drives at the end. Uh, Brock Purdy, they all ended up with throwing a touchdown. So some good stuff from the 49er quarterbacks in that game. Yeah. Um, but always keep in mind, it is preseason. Right. You're playing against, uh, you know, second, third string guys, guys that won't make the team. Our theme in preseason is really to get through camp without injuries. And that's why you don't see Trent Williams and George Kittle and, you know, Debo, you know, they, they don't play much if at all. And right. that's smart. Um, so, you know, and we, we got through preseason. Jimmy Ward has a hamstring. He's going to be out four weeks. That's a killer. Um, Jason Barrett, he seems to get hurt all the time. The poor guy, he's on the pup. And um, so we, we got through preseason really pretty health, very healthy. Actually. Mm -hmm. And then I, I'm going to breeze right over game two. Uh, had those practices in Minnesota, ended up taking that game 17 to seven. Trey Lance did not play. It was cool. You know, he went to, he's from Minnesota, played high school ball, obviously in Minnesota. His, his team came out to the game um, and practiced for That was kind of a little bit of a homecoming. I wish he could have taken some snaps. Um, but once again, three games in 13 days, I think it was smart for the Niners to sit him. Um, but as you were talking, Mike, uh, about not everybody playing, and Shanahan also said that they weren't doing any game planning for these games. It's really about getting reps and seeing live looks um, and reacting um, but you know, losing zero to 17 to the Texans. Oh, that's got, I, I know you can't think too much about these preseason games, but that's gotta be the ugliest preseason loss that I can remember in a long time. Yeah. That yeah. one bothers me. I, I, I keep telling myself that it's a preseason game. Nobody's playing, but the pressure, I mean, our offensive line was just pathetic. And, but we didn't play anybody, and, and preseason is now behind us, and we're healthy. So, look at it. yeah, there's a lot of comments about Trey Lance in that last game that he didn't look good, et cetera, et cetera. I think let's hold off judgment until we actually have our line in there. We actually have the weapons and playmakers that we've been talking about. We have a scheme that Shanahan has drawn up specific to the opponent that we all know. Um, is one of his strengths. Uh, so let's let's hold off judgment. Let's put that throw that one away. Don't look. Don't look back. Um, and 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 focus on now the roster that has been put together and now getting ready for that first game against the Chicago Bears. Um, Jared, any final thoughts on the preseason? Preseason? No, it's in the books. Um, no, and I think uh, Grandpa Mike said it best is uh, we really got through without uh, much injury at all. And that's huge. I mean, it's about getting the reps, getting the looks. 
Uh, it speeds up the game for all the new guys. Um, and uh, that, you know, the coaches get a good look at everybody, but it's all about staying healthy and then uh, being ready for game one and uh, putting together a great season. Mm -hmm. So a good transition, I think, um, to talk about the roster uh, from the preseason is Sam Womack. Wow. Uh, once again, going back to the draft, drafted Sam Womack in the fifth round, the 172nd pick. And what does this guy do? He shows up, shows out, and has earned the starting spot at the nickel position. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Nobody saw that coming. No. And a lot of it is because he's 5'9". So, yeah. you know, but he's a – he's just kind of nose for the ball. I just love that, you know, when the, the receiver is reaching out to receive it, he goes into his windmill and he's just – the ball goes flying and he, in, he picked um, Jordan love twice. Yep. And um, he's just, um, he's a real find. So the little cornerback from Toledo, um, Samuel Womack. Yeah. He's, uh, he's going to be good. And, and with that we need that, that to me, that was where we need the most um, improvement is in the defensive backfield. And, and we've got some, some new people and, it's going to be exciting. Um, last year, we only had, I forget, it was very few interceptions. I mean, we were minus four for the year in turnovers. Right. And this year is going to be different. You got you would hope so. But yeah, overall, the roster is looking really good. I mean, no, uh, no surprise that we're carrying 10 defensive linemen. That has always been a priority of John Lynch and these uh, his kind of regime here with the Niners just really you know, pressure that quarterback um, followed up by a good linebacker unit um, with my boy, Fred Warner at the Mike linebacker position. Um, and as we've discussed bolstering that secondary, I think the defense is going to keep us in a lot of games this year and take further pressure off of Trey Lance to get into some of these horse races that Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes have gotten into um, of these games that end up 49 to 52. Uh, I think our defense is a top five defense hands down and I'm excited to see what they can do. Yeah. 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 I really like our, uh, our defense too. I think that is a strong point of, uh, of our team. Um, and I love the, uh, defensive back situation really strengthened that huge, um, with Womack and Ward and, you know, the supporting cast linebackers always, uh, I love our edge rushers, you know, um, and Bosa. So the defense is to be feared for sure. Um, kind of like grandpa Mike said, probably that offensive line in that middle, just holding their ground right there. That's going to be the key. We'll be strong on the edges with Debo. Uh, we'll be able to, I think, run outside, you know, the tackles, but inside the inside game, the short yards, when you really need it, and that line has to, to hold or even a pass, uh, you know, pass defense up the middle. That's going to be like, come on boys, you know, they're going to a lot this year so that's that's kind of what i'm i'm seeing as a just a general roster look we we play the rams twice in the first half of the season and that means aaron donald yeah, well, they're going to be tested he's going to be coming right up the middle you know that yeah for sure i will say i will say and 
you know, we, we've never been known for super strong defensive lines. We had, you know, Luke Staley and then replaced him with Trent Williams. Uh, but the games we played against Aaron Donald, Shanahan is part of that scheme. Shanahan schemes really well against him. And a lot of the time, I mean, granted, NFC Championship, he did show up in that second half and had some really key plays. Um, but the other, you know, two times that we played in that season, it looked we looked pretty well against him. So hopefully we can kind of repeat that and and still um, have success while he's on the field. It took you know? Donald uh, uh, towards the the back half of that game though to to actually start making some things happen. Exactly. I mean, and it was. Uh, uh, I think the scheming is huge. Like you said, you get a, you get a big rush up that middle all the time. That's easy to scheme against all day long. You know, I mean, um, that over aggressive play like that. So Shanahan, uh, you know, X's and O's, uh, he is one of the best. So I think they know how to take care of those weaknesses and scheme against some of the top players uh, defensively like that. So we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. all right well it's been super fun uh, we made it through our all our talking points i think we're all really excited for the season uh next week we are going to obviously preview the, the bears game talk about that um and anything that happens between now and then uh but to finish it off as you know you know what makes i think this podcast special is once again three generations of 49ers fans um, and hearing from Grandpa Mike and his uh, his stories, um, some of the stories that he has are are just really, really, really fun for the for the 49ers fans, obviously listening. So, Grandpa, tell us about the time that you went to Kizar Stadium when you're seven years old with your dad. Okay, so um, <clears throat> when I was seven, the 49ers were three. So I was seven years old in 1949. The Niners started in 1946. And so my father took me to a game when I'm seven years old and we went to Kizar Stadium, which wasn't far from my house. It was probably two miles and at the east end of Golden Gate Park. And so um, it was my first time and I knew nothing. I knew nothing about football, but my dad took me to a game and so we're sitting there in the bench seating and we're playing the Cleveland Browns. And this was the year before the Niners went into the NFL. So they actually played in this league called the AAFC, the All-American Football Conference. And um, so I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, eating my popcorn. And all of a sudden, <laughs> thousand people got up and just screamed their lungs out. And I have no idea what happened. And so I, you know, I, my father finally sat down and I said, what happened? And he said, the 49ers scored a touchdown. And I was, you know, what is a touchdown? And um, so that was the beginning for me. And I remember the other thing, um, I loved the red uniforms. I, so when I was seven years old, I fell in love. And I fell in love with the San Francisco 49ers and I have lived and died and loved them ever since. Um, and it's been a wonderful ride. Um, in fact, our first win this next seat, we have 599 wins. So the next win is number 600. 
Um, and I, they've given me so many wonderful thrills and I'll share some stories as we go along this year about going to the Super, Super Bowl 23 and on and on and on and on. But um, I am, I'm just a fan and I just love my Niners. Oh, we, we love our Niners too. Well, thank you for listening to our first um, podcast. Hope we see you on the next one. Until next time.